Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Here's your host, William Powell, the king of DC media. What's going on, everyone? It is I, your host, better than a toast, Mr. Ubiquitous, William Powell, the king of DC media. Tonight's guest is radio host and uh, Howard Stern impersonator, Stuart Brodian. But before we get to Stuart, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, federal employees, what would you do with $1 million? Your wishful thinking can become a reality. We're FedChoice, and we're here to help you achieve your million-dollar dreams, from saving you money on a loan to helping you save for retirement. Visit us online at FedChoice.org and use the keyword inside. FedChoice Federal Credit Union, an official sponsor of the Inside Acting Radio Show. FedChoice Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. And if you'd like to book a table read or advertise on the show, write me at william400 at yahoo.com or find me on Facebook at william.t.pal. Check out my column, DC Actors Examiner, by Googling DC Actors Examiner. And you can find me on the small screen at the Investigation Discovery Channel. Check your local listings. It is Episode 9 of The Nightmare Next Door, Murder in Omaha. So let's talk about Stewart. He's been working 20 years at radio station WDIY and is now also broadcasting part-time at Philadelphia WPEB 88.1 FM. His semi-autobiographical TV web series, Double or Nothing, has been picked up by Diverse TV and will be on the air later this year. And now you can find Stewart out at the uh, doubleornutten.com www.doubleornutten.com N-U-T-I-N or you can also find them at uh, brodian.com or the howardsternguy.com so let me bring in the king of impersonators Stuart Brodian good evening hello there all right good evening well thanks for coming on the show how you doing tonight good pretty good pretty good here so let's just jump on right on in you're really blowing up you got the double or nothing is going to be on diverse tv it's uh premiering in new york city so how'd you land that deal networking you know just keep uh, look checking on old leads and seeing what i can come up with you, you can't stop in this business um i see solicitations all the time so i just keep pursuing it you're looking for this you're looking for that how about what I have to offer? You get a lot of no's, but it's just that one yes that uh, really works out well. Yeah, now you said networking. So did you go to a lot of different, uh, were these like in- industry events where you sell shows or what? Yeah, a little bit of that too, industry events, networking evenings, but also checking out things like uh, like on LinkedIn.com. I, I register for different groups, and you see announcements, uh, all sorts of solicitations all the time. And then there's film festivals, too. I've had the, the TV pilot shown at some film festivals. even won an award at one of them. And 
like I am just so excited. I've actually started working on new episodes because you know they can't just air one pilot, so I got to make a whole bunch more. Yeah, so uh, that costs a lot of money. So uh, what's your budget? Well, believe it or not, uh, shooting independent uh, TV pilots it's not as expensive as you might think. I mean, the stuff you see on a major network television that goes into millions. But uh, I, I did this stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say how much it costs, but several hundred dollars per episode. Hmm. And thanks to you know, yeah. modern technology, I'm still able to come up with something that's broadcast quality. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do these days with all the, the technology you have. So how did you uh, cast the show? Most of the uh, celebrity impersonators are actual acquaintances of mine. Um, but some of the other actors were, uh, were referenced to me by the guy who filmed the original pilot. See, uh, there's a... There's a scene out here with actors and, and stage and so forth. A lot of people know each other. And when I met up with this cameraman to help, to help me do the filming and the editing, he knew two people in the theater scene who would be perfect for uh, two of the roles that I had in the original pilot. Uh, it's uh, uh, Abigail Getty and Jeb Heil, and they play the uh, cable TV technicians. Uh, in, the, in the show, I solicit an idea to cable TV technicians to put a show on a cable TV channel. And, you know, you go through all the trials and tribulations and such, and finally it gets on the air. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of like uh, real life. It, I, I learned a new word, quasi-reality, basically. <laughs> um, so it's been said the best way to write fiction is to simply take the truth and distort it. And... Uh, <laughs> This show is 90% the truth, you know, I, but it's funny. What I originally wrote as fiction eventually became fact. Uh, it, it's funny how sometimes life can imitate art. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to uh, kind of switch gears a little bit. Uh, go back in yeah. time and talk a little bit about your music career. I started learning piano when I was in college, and a few months later I picked up guitar. Uh, before that, I was I was a drummer. I always had an interest in music. Uh, drumming was fine, but I couldn't express myself musically and creatively. And when it came time to go things like with piano and guitar, there I could write music, write songs. And um, I'm proud to say that I accomplished my first goal in life, and I was to put up my first record before I was 21. I, I did it uh, just two months before I turned 21. I'm like, <laughs> couldn't be happier. And uh, I was in college at the time, so I, I sort of knew the ins and outs of how to get the record played on the air. Uh, you know, I, I knew what the college DJs were looking for, and I knew how to word my press releases. So you word it, word it right, they'll give you a second look, and you get airplay. And uh, I've made play at uh, well, quite a few stations. But this is the days before the Internet, folks. So yeah, you had to do a lot of the stuff by hand. Uh, Fred Flintstone style, I suppose. But first I put up a single, then... Uh, following year I put on an album and then I started working with other artists and I started my own independent record label called Mountain Records. The mm. only artist the only artist on my label that you may have heard of uh, would be Gigi Allen. I put him out uh, several years after I put up my own records. I'm a famous punk rocker and uh, mm. I re released an EP and I recorded some conversations with him which I had intended to release some years later, as a cassette-only release, but, uh, well, Gigi Allen passed away, so I worked with uh, a guy who deals with Gigi Allen stuff, a new Gigi, and we put together a CD that had the three songs that came out on my label, some other songs from different labels that 
compiled and the three phone conversations, and it's pretty pretty intimate stuff. It, it, it gets just it gives an insight as to him as a person and not the image. And uh, yeah, between my first record and the Gigi Allen record, I organized a charity single in New Jersey and featured uh, some of the top independent acts uh, from New Jersey at that time. These are the days of, you know, do they know it's Christmas and we are the world. And uh, I did it basically to show that you don't have to be famous to show that you care, that even the little guy cares. And I was profiled on Channel 9's New Jersey people way back when. And then a few years later, I get to be on the Joe Franklin show. (laughs) Uh, Good old Joe, she rest in peace. Um, It was the days of Desert Storm, and I did my rendition of that old World War II classic, We Did It Before and We Can Do It Again. And I submitted it to Joe. Little did I know that uh, his idol, Eddie Cantor, had done his rendition way back when. So that was just a coincidence. And that's uh, basically what got me on the Joe Franklin show. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, You've been everywhere. Yes. And uh, before Joe died uh, three years ago, I finally had the opportunity to repay the favor. I was on his show. And then I went to the studios with my camcorder. And I recorded an interview with him. For my TV show, not not double or nothing, but uh, I host a cable television show in the city of Philadelphia where I show short films, independent music videos, and some interviews, and it's called Brodian's Basement. Yeah, you show a lot of independent films on there. What's some of the more interesting films you've had on that show? Uh, let's see. Here's this cute one with this little girl and a little pug dog where she tries all these strange experiments on the dog. The dog keeps you covering, but she's like, oh, shake it off. And you know, she does some really weird things to the poor animal. But um, there's another film I had on there called uh, Martian Wars, where somebody took World War One footage and superimposed, like, Martian machines. It kind of looks like War <laughs> of the Worlds, but, but, yeah. but it's War of the Worlds, World War One style. It's really cool. It's got some really awesome yeah, music in the background. Man. Yeah. And... Uh, there's a film made uh, locally um, in the Allentown area. I live in that area now. I'm, I'm from New Jersey, but I live in Pennsylvania these days. Where it shows a guy who used to be a somebody, and he's hitting the skids. as a strange experience, and by the end of the film, life is on the upside for him. I hmm. also published a book. I also published a book. The book is called I'm Not Snooky, with the subtitle or what I really think about society and why. And <laughs> it's just some observations I had about society and, and life and people itself. A lot of people find it very interesting, very intriguing, very thought-provoking. And Yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're a deep thinker, man. I know you're an opinionated guy. Um, yeah, because I even saw uh, you made some comments about this uh, individual with some very interesting hair who's running for president. So what's, what's your take on uh, Mr. Trump? Here's my take on Donald Trump. He's saying things that he knows that a lot of people want to hear. We're supposed to be in such politically correct times, but if that's so true, then why is this politically incorrect person gaining in such popularity? He knows what people want to hear. He knows what people want to hear, which is too bad because Bernie Sanders, is that his name? Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Uh He's saying things that people 
need to hear. And he seems to have more of a concern uh, about people and the economy than, than what Donald Trump has to say. Uh, hmm. media doesn't play him, the media doesn't play him up enough, but he, he's he's saying things that need to be said. You know, hmm. it's funny. It's, uh, if some candidate in some foreign country was walking around saying the kind of things that Donald Trump is saying, we'd be all up in arms in this country wondering if that person is going to be the next Hitler. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty out there. And I don't see how anybody can give this guy a second look when he's, you know, he has failed marriages, failed businesses. And there was something that you, you don't hear about. Uh, a few years ago, he was supposed to be giving a speech somewhere, a free seminar on, you know, wealth management and increase your wealth. Right. The advertiser, the advertiser said he's going to be speaking there. Then it turns out to be a half-truth. All that was there was a cardboard stand-up with him on stage and you saw him speaking on video. I mean, <laughs> this is what people want as a president? Hmm. After the fact, the scam kept leading people along, thinking that they kept buying this and buying that, that they'll learn how to increase their wealth. And, of course, it's not. You know, it, it wasn't, yeah. didn't come to be. People were taking him to court on this. And it's funny how people forget things like that. But seriously, how can you trust a person like this? This, this is... Yeah, Comedy. it's pretty outrageous. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm concerned about the environment like anybody else. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I hope Bernie Sanders gets in. And, and this, you know, this, this Trump fellow is a joke. I, I don't care about people are taking the usual shots and then poking fun of Trump's hair and such. But, I mean, I, I posted on someone's page. Um, I looked up Donald Trump issues. Then I looked up Bernie Sanders issues and had links to what they feel on the issues. And I posted a, a, a link to both sites on this person's page, and I said to them, you know, to anybody reading this, read both uh, sides of the issue and, and just decide for yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't right. know about building a wall between here and Mexico. I mean, this year we got illegals coming to this country. Well, we got illegals coming to this country from Canada, too. Are we going to build a border there, too? <laughs> That'd be very expensive. So, man, you're sounding like a comedian. I know you did some comedy recently at the Laugh Factory out in Vegas. Yep. And uh, now, did you do that as uh, Stern, the Stern character? Yeah. As a matter of fact, the producers of America's Got Talent flew me out to California to audition in front of Stern as Stern. I, <laughs> I got X, but who cares? You know? Oh, yeah. Huh. So, I mean, that's... Uh, you, you got to take yourself seriously. Yeah. Um, and I do. There are people who look like celebrities who try to pass themselves off as the real thing or, you know, try to get away with what they can because they look like a celebrity. And it's people like that that give the rest of the, my profession a bad name. I know I, I look like him, but, like, at the risk of sounding conceited, at least I have enough talent to back up these good looks. Um, <laughs> Well, one case out of many, I mean, I used to have a little fling once in a while to go out to karaoke, and people see me, hey, look, it's Howard Stern. Get on stage, Howard, let's see if you sing. And then it turns out I actually can sing. Well, that's, uh, that's that's how I managed to get past just looking good. But it's odd, because you say you can't, you can't get by on looks alone, but the fact that I resemble Stern got me a gig in commercial radio here in Pennsylvania. 
And in the summer of yeah. 2001, I was a disc jockey at WSBG 93.5 FM in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. They thought it would be interesting to have someone who looks like Howard Stern on their roster on their website. And hmm. <laughs> who says you can't get by on looks alone, huh? Yeah. Because they recently, man, I know you got booked on, uh, what was it, WESU 88.1, Middletown, Connecticut. Uh, you got WDI uh, Y20. You're yep. everywhere, man. You even do field reports for TV. So, I mean, what's what's stuff, your radio format? What do you you play music or you have a talk show? Or, or what do you do there? The, the radio show is strictly music. You know, Stern Talks, I play music. But between the songs, I'll talk about the songs and the artists and you know, whatever is interesting pertaining to current events. I do that mostly on WDIY, yeah. where I take five minutes out halfway through the show to speak my mind on anything and everything, either what I did during the day or or sometimes I'll talk about stuff that I've seen that uh, I think needs attention brought to it. I mean, here in your show, I know I can speak a little more freely. It's funny, which shows sometimes the guests can say things that the host can't and vice versa. Yeah. Um, like, 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 let's say uh, a show like Jerry Springer. Now, first off, shows like that, ever since we've had President Obama, they have not had any uh, Klansmen or white supremacists on these shows. Hmm. One of the reasons is simple. Uh, if they were to say something about, let's say, killing someone of mixed race, and then someone took it seriously and killed the president, the whole network could be held liable. Hmm. See how that works? Wow. I mean, it, it's... That's one of the, the pitfalls of having a black president because now that people are afraid to say things for fear of either something like that or repercussions or the good old uh, looking like a racist. I mean, it, it, but it's funny though, on MTV, certain things since President Obama became president have not disappeared. Certain images, mm. um, like, like with the rap videos, it always starts out with a bunch of guys sitting around looking really depressed and so forth. Folks, yes. how can all black people be depressed when we have a black president? And this is insulting also. Uh, there's some other video I've seen or some other videos where it shows the black people's hands reaching in the air while money falls down from above. Now, now true, there are some people who still feel this way, but doesn't it look extremely outdated with a black president? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, there's a lot of different images you see in the media that uh, kind of proper broken. So let's switch gears to uh, some of the talent that you have at the Mid-Atlantic uh, Celebrity Impersonators Convention. So, uh, you know, when's that going down, and uh, uh, how many different uh, impersonators are you going to have there? All right, we're shooting for April of uh, 2016 uh-huh. yeah. uh, in Atlantic City. Most likely it'll be at the Clare Ridge beautiful hotel built in 1929 and everybody from Al Capone to Marilyn Monroe has stayed there. Yeah. There's a theater. Sure. There's a theater in there. Uh, looking to get uh, at least 40 to 50 impersonators, if not more, over two days. And uh, you go in, you know, it'll be open to the public. And it'll be a, a legitimate show showcasing the talent. Everything from, you know, Britney Spears impersonators to President Clinton impersonated anything and everything. People go on the stage, they do their five minutes of fame, so to speak, doing their, their act, either singing or talking or uh, or comedy or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even have a Ben Franklin, you know, even there's some historical reenactors, I have a Ben Franklin coming on down. The guy's been on 
commercials and such. Uh, and, of course, me as Howard Stern. I'm talking to one fellow who does uh, Rod Serling, and I might have him host, like, the first third of the show. <laughs> nice. You know, that, that kind of nice. Thing. You know, that, it, it, it's not just straightforward talent. Have a, a theme to where uh, it, it makes the night more interesting. And as I said, this will be held at a theater. Of course, greatly reduced price so that lots of people can get in and, and enjoy the show. It's also for networking of uh, the talent. So that you, know, you don't just show up, do your act, and that's it. We bring in the agents, but also people uh, with displays like uh, costume companies, wig companies, management companies, and right. uh, you know, limousine companies, things like that. The things that be of interest, uh, bring them down. They have displays, not just for the talent, but you know, there's people who are curious about getting into this industry, so it's also for them, too, if they want to find out what's going on or if they need just some supplies, well, this will be the place to network. Yeah, and, and uh, do you find that uh, a lot of impersonators, do they have to be constantly on, like all the time, or is it something that they turn on and turn off? It's something you turn on and you turn off. I mean, when we go to the conventions, it's fun, <coughs> fun to act in character, but it's the kind of atmosphere where everybody's in on the joke. Hmm. But but seriously, I mean, I, you know there's no way that I could go around acting like Howard Stern, saying the kind of things he does, because I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't get too far in life. <laughs> and uh, yeah. especially with my job at, at, at other radio stations, I mean, Stern show is a specialized show where the FCC relaxes the rules, some of the rules, so that he can say or, or imply certain things that you know I, I definitely cannot get away with um, at my station. And more rightly so, because... The station that I work at in Allentown, WDIY, it's an NPR station, so that's that's kind of a more sophisticated audience. Of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I, I I I can't say make a duty at WDIY. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I even saw you were doing field reports for TV. How did that? Uh, how did you get that? Well, that was something just uh, simple. Of uh, here in the Allentown area, once a year they have a an event called Music Fest. Tons and tons of music and, you know, booths and displays. And Channel 69 had a booth set up where you can go in and uh, be a newscaster for a few seconds. And uh, so I went there uh, just as myself, not as Stern, not as Lincoln, not as the the Keystone Cop costume. I went there and uh, did a little field report for them. And it's on their website, uh, TV69.com here in the Lehigh Valley, and you can see me on on the Sunday the 16th of August uh, segment, where uh, I do a little field report and I mention that I work at WDIY. So it's like like they have an excuse exclusive from a local celebrity. Yeah, television. So now, you know, you did a film with the Village People. I think someone was from the Village People. Now, who did you play in that film? What, what kind of film was that? I supplied one of the songs to the soundtrack to a new movie called College Debt. Uh, it's a comedy, and it's the last uh, film made by the uh, legendary actress Celeste Holm. Uh, among the people appearing in it is uh, Randy Jones, who uh, did the cowboy in the original Village People, and also uh, Richard Pryor, Jr., Richard Pryor's son is in this film as well. I haven't seen the film yet, but it's an interesting story how I got to be uh, 
having one of my songs in a film. There's a prestigious jazz club in New York City called Birdland Jazz, started by Charlie Bird way back when. It's been called the cornerstone of jazz in New York City. Monday nights they have an open mic, and I was playing one of my songs. When I got off stage, a gentleman approached me. He said he, he and some people are working on this film, and that the song that I did would fit in perfectly with this one scene that they're working on. And I, I got him a copy of that song real fast, and they approved it. And now I have you know, a film soundtrack to my credit. And nice. uh, simply, simply a case of being in the right place at the right time. I, I didn't even pursue that, but uh, you know, I, 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 another dream fulfilled. You know, it's funny. Uh, countless, countless times we hear things like you have to lie in this business. I don't like to lie, but when the fellow approached me, he said, do I have a, a CDR that I could send him? Of course, I said yes, but I didn't. You never saw me get into a recording studio so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So I know you made a song, either song or album, Self-Made Man. What's the key to being a self-made man? I know the concept or theme thought up by the photographer for the album cover, but uh, I basically am a self-made man. I mean, case in point, my TV pilot. Uh, sometimes in life you have to make your own opportunities. On my show, as I said, I play people's CDs. I contacted this one lady whose CD I haven't played in 10 years, and we got talking, and she mentioned that she works at a company that owns a bunch of TV stations. Um, I had to ask, do any of them need to fill some airtime? And she said yes. And that's how I got to be played on a TV station, an ABC affiliate in Cheyenne, Wyoming, four nights in a row for about six weeks in the summer of 2010. I was following Jimmy Kimmel. I actually got some mm. feedback on it from viewers. And nice. so I, I asked her, do any of the other stations need to fill some airtime? She said yes, but you have to pay which didn't bother me too much. First off, some of these smaller market stations are surprisingly affordable. People buy time for um, infomercials, so why can't I buy time for my TV pilot? Uh, here again, my insight into the business made me uh, have a better idea how to get on the air. As a disc jockey, I know there's certain things you can't play on the air. So when I made my TV pilot, I made sure certain things were not in the TV pilot. No ethnic slurs, no nudity, no foul language, and nobody had a problem with it. And at one uh, yeah. TV station, they aired it during rating sweeps, and I actually got ratings. And I did a small media blitz to the local media, you know, the newspapers and, and radio stations. But I also sent a press release to that TV station's news department. And as I joke around, I say, I did something that very few people do in this business. I told the truth. I said, I'm hmm. test marketing a, a new TV pilot on your station, and the news staff hyped it up for their station. Nice. Yeah, and, so uh, go into a little bit more detail about now, Diverse TV. Now, that's uh, where are the uh, networks you can find that on? Is that uh, this network or Verizon? Or where, how does that work? Uh, they're starting with a few small power stations out uh, out in, in the middle part of the country, like, like the Tennessee oh, area. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a start. You know, it's not ABC, Fox, CBS, or NBC, but you know, there's plenty of other smaller networks that uh, are out and about, and well, you got to start somewhere. And as we know, sometimes for the smaller networks, the bigger networks take an interest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's how you get picked up. Awesome. Yes. So I'm going to start All with right. that. Yep. And see what happens next. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You, you know, you're just a man of many, many, many talents. So we're kind of getting near the end of the show here. I know you're okay. a philosophical guy. I'm going to jump back into uh, philosophy again. 
So now, if you met God, what would you ask? Funny you should mention that. I posted something like that on my Facebook page recently. I'll go to the Almighty Supreme Being. I'll go to the Almighty Supreme Being. I would point out all of creation, and I would condense all of my questions into one word. Why? Hmm. I figured, I figured if I get that question answered, then everything else should be self-explanatory. Hmm. And uh, I've got two yeah. responses on my Facebook post of that. Uh, one person said, what if the Almighty said, why not? And somebody said, what if the Almighty said, because? <laughs> what if it said, why ask why? Exactly. Oh, oh, yeah, I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the Almighty could always shut me up and say, none of your business. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> okay, sports, uh, go ahead. For your, for your listeners, my website is www.brodian.com, B-R-O-D-I-A-N, and hopefully uh-huh. that'll answer all of your questions. Yeah, they have uh, you know, your uh, email address and uh, phone number. You want to put that out there? Email is s. Brodian at yahoo.com and the phone number is 484-547-6341 and uh, I'm, I'm always accepting submissions of short films from my cable TV show which is seen in Philadelphia, D.C. and Portland, Oregon. Uh, just the usual requests, you know, no nudity, no profanity, no ethnic slurs, nothing that will offend anybody. I'm not here to offend I'm here to entertain, and I'm sure some people include me some ironic things. I look like Howard Stern. Well, I'm not Howard Stern, so that's, that's the best excuse I can, get, I can give. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, uh, Stuart, for coming on the show, man. I had a great time. We'll definitely uh, have you on again as your as your show uh, grows and you get even more and more projects, and you just keep being a uh, self-made man. I definitely will, man. All right. Have a great night. Thank you, and thank you for letting me on your show. All right. Bye-bye. And everybody, let me just leave you with this quote from uh, Willem Dafoe. He says, I never act. I simply bring out the real animal that's in me. Night.